0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you back in the office, back in the That Sounds Fun podcast studio. I'm so happy. Hey, the music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Torrin Wells. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Citizen of Heaven. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends at International Justice Mission. Y'all know IJM is a global nonprofit working to end slavery and violence around the world. In short, IJM goes into some of the deepest, cruelest pain in our world, and they bring the full force of the law with them to provide justice and healing. After 20 years of hard work, more than 50,000 individuals have been set free thanks to people like you who sent IJM to rescue them. There are thousands, children, men, women, who are still waiting to be rescued. And you can make a difference in their lives by becoming a Freedom Partner. Freedom Partners give monthly so that IJM can show up month after month to rescue people from slavery and walk with survivors as they heal. Visit IJM.org slash Change Lives to be a part of this movement for good. Your consistent support will impact the lives of individuals all over the world. Again, that's IJM.org slash Change Lives. Hey, before we jump into the show today, I want to ask you a quick little favor, if you have a second. We are going to do a podcast survey for the next couple of weeks. where you want to make it short, not a long time, and it will not take you very long. But we haven't done one since May of like 2017 or 20 It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we got to know you. And so if you can go to AnnieFDowns.com slash survey and fill that out for us real quick, that would mean the world. AnnieFDowns.com slash survey. Survey And it's also linked here in the show notes. So if you don't mind doing that, that would be awesome. Today on the show is one of our good buddies. He's been here before, episode 59, episode 107. And today, Luke Norsworthy is here for us to do some catching up and also talk about his new book, Befriending Your Monsters, that just released on Tuesday. I actually was honored to write the foreword for that book and just absolutely think really, really highly of the book of Luke, of his family. Um, We actually, hilariously, are y'all ready for this, we got to record the episode twice because the first time I screwed up recording it, of course I did somehow, and it didn't get done correctly. So here is the better take, the second take, in my podcast interview and conversation with our good buddy, Mr. Luke Norsworthy. Hitting record, Luke.
1: Okay, I'm going to hit record too. (laughs) Oh, just are you going to do? Are
0: you going to record from your side
1: this time? Well, I just feel like, you know, in light of what we've experienced, of already, what we've been
0: through this week, we've <laughs> been tell through the world a lot. what you've been through this week. I was, I didn't have to go through it. I was no. just be, being given updates of what was happening. Yeah, with me, y'all. And,
1: me and my new friend Chad, we've spent yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, you and producer Chad,
0: BFFs this week, huh?
1: Yeah, he's not a mini BFF to me. He is a, a full grown BFF.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a.
1: A lot of, a lot of communication because this is a podcast that happened, but it didn't happen officially because there's no record of it.
0: I mean, dear everyone, Luke and I already recorded this podcast and it just didn't record. We hit everything right. We did exactly what we were supposed to do. And now for reasons we don't understand, it just didn't record your side of the conversation.
1: You know, when my wife, whose name is Lindsay, was just a wee child, I love her. Something I do too. Probably, I mean, I'm not saying more, but probably more. Yeah, probably more. I just I didn't I didn't mean to make that a competition, but I do love her as well. When she was a young child, uh, something went wrong, and her father, to assure her, said, "It's nobody's fault." And I think Zane, my father-in-law, would say that's us right now. It's no one's fault. (laughs) He'd say it's "It's not anyone's
0: fault. It just happened. But Mm -hmm. Luke, as I told you when we started talking about it, to me, we just take things like this as signs from God. This has happened two other times in the history of 200 and almost 300 episodes. Okay. Three times total have I recorded episodes twice. And all three times, the second one is better than the first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's right Uh, as the youngest child. Like I was the, my brother was kind of like the test run and then I came along as the new and improved version. I feel like that's just, that's how it goes.
0: That's how it goes. I think you're 100% correct about that. And it just, so I'm going to get you to pastor us for a minute. Okay. Because there are times in our lives, Luke Norsworthy, pastor yes, when the thing doesn't work out like it's supposed to work out. Mm Mm-hmm. And it all goes sideways, and mm-hmm. whether that's a job or it's a relationship mm-hmm. or a podcast recording, yep. and what what like what do we I do got with it. all the feeling? I got it. Yeah, let's go. go,
1: let's go. So there's a story about a woman named Mary, who uh, was very good friends with Jesus, strong connection to him because he cast out seven demons from her. Do you know that Mary? Right. As like yes. my personal opinion is an exorcism typically doesn't bring out the best in someone, but it brought okay. out the worst. And then yeah. it created a bond between Jesus and Mary. So they they yeah. were pretty tight. So after Jesus, I, I hate to spoil the story for you, but he gets crucified, he dies. Sure. She goes to the tomb to look for him, and what happens? He's not there. He's, dis- He's not there. she's disappointed. And as someone who's experienced demons being cast out of her, she has this level of confidence so that she could argue with angels. And she says, Where have oh, you put wow. this Jesus? And then I have Jesus never shows up. thought about that, Luke. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've never had an exorcism done on you no. that I know well, of.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that's a strong thing to say when you aren't really sure.
1: I feel like if you've had one, I would know feel like we're good enough friends that you would have told me that at some point.
0: You are 100% right. That would have come out by now in our friendship. Yeah, Continue I feel like, un,
1: well, this happens. She's arguing and then Jesus shows up. Yeah. And Jesus is very, like a, a big surprise as a resurrected person often is. <laughs> sure. And he has to tell her, this is John chapter 20, if you're reading at home, to let go of him because something better is yet to come. Oh, and wow. there's a word in there that sometimes you got to let go of what's right in front of you. Because God has something better for you. Whoa, Luke. And so the resurrected Jesus is pretty great. But still, Jesus says there's something better for you. And I would say that first podcast was pretty good. Yeah. But maybe something better is yet to come.
0: Yeah. Man, that's really interesting. I, Whenever I think about that story, and our friends listening have heard me bring this up before. But when I think about that story, I always think about our mutual friend Jason Miller teaching me about life, death, and resurrection in the yep. Psalms. And how... Mary didn't even recognize Jesus, even though he was one of her closest friends, because resurrection doesn't look like life.
1: Mm-hmm. Because Jesus appeared like a gardener.
0: Yes, because yes. in the beginning say it there was Luke, a gardener. Say it.
1: in the beginning, Garden of Eden, and after the resurrection, it's another gardener, because this is a new creation. And so I literally
0: happening. had never, one time Boom. in my whole entire anniness, thought about the idea that he was a gardener on purpose. I mean, of course it was on purpose, but I'd never thought about it until you said that to me one time where you're like, yeah, he was a gardener, Annie. Like God knew what he was telling a story. I was like, oh my gracious.
1: Something new's happening. Something new's happening. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's some, in the old, there was some good stuff. I have a list of a few items that we discussed in the old podcast. I feel like we need to rehash. Specifically oh, you're just going to bring back.
0: You. Oh, this is like me and Eddie. You're just going to bring a list. Okay, let's no, go. I,
1: I have three things on there. and Okay. But I'm saying like these are good things, but we can even improve on them. I feel like sure. one of the things that we can't omit from this podcast is the idea of you and Tom Wright coming together and to become friends. <laughs>
0: Well, for starters, you call him Tom, which is the I first did. proof that I'm not friends with him, because I call him in Doctor N T Wright <laughs> or Bishop. You can call him that. You, oh, is he, he a bishop?
1: Yeah, he. he yeah, I mean, he's, but he's also a Doctor.
0: Me. I'm not wrong, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's definitely all those things. He's okay. all of them. He, okay. and more and more and a guitar oh, player. No. Who would have thought? What? But you you had made a comment about how Tom Wright has had a big impact on Tom. He called me. He See. he referred to me as one of his friends last time he was on the podcast, and I have told everyone. my Say the name friends, of your
0: show again, Luke.
1: Newsworthy with Norsworthy.
0: Newsworthy with Norsworthy. That's right. Okay, good. That's me. I just want yeah. everybody to have it so they Andy, can find it. I mean, you,
1: you act like you didn't know the name of my podcast. Of
0: course I knew the that name. That sounds saddening. <laughs> that sounds heartbreaking. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm
0: okay so you and nt right were friends
1: he referred to me as his friend so that's yeah. what i'm saying
0: and he that's you mentioned
1: awesome. in the i would say vaulted but discarded podcast that he helped you and paul the apostle yeah become better friends and so really you did. you need to meet him and you were you had a little bit of trepidation about doing a podcast with tom Wright. and i said you know maybe i could be third wheel and just kind of facilitate yeah. a um a conducive environment for a fun conversation. He's
0: kind of a hero that can that can be intimidating to become friends with, I think. Like, he's just so That's smart. Fair. But yes, his he has a book called Paul. And for our friends listening, a lot of people know that I... Paul's not my favorite character in the Bible. He's not my favorite. And not they are just characters. They're people who live on the planet. <laughs> Even though his writing is very good and I everything that is in the Bible is true, I struggle with his tone maybe a little bit more, and I struggle with his content. (laughs) I want him to be nicer. That's how I feel. But he really, I mean, really, N.T. Wright's book about Paul helped me so much because he explained Paul's personality and the culture to me, which I did not previously know.
1: This is undoubtedly my favorite Annie. The Soapbox Annie about Paul. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is my favorite I one. I don't the soapbox about it No, fine. no, you should be. Soap soap is a good thing. It cleans you. It, it's, it sanitizes you. Keeps you from getting the corona. Soap is a good thing. And so the fact that you are using a soapbox for a secondary purpose that was even, dare I say, better than the first sure, is just sure. a great thing. You've done this at, at the church. I'm a part of an Austin and the people loved it. And by people, I mean mostly me.
0: <laughs> did I talk about Paul when I was there?
1: You did. You did this bit there oh, too. What? I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of egged you on. I egged you on. I, I, as mean, you've done here, but you don't, some would say, some would you say. like it though. You like it. <laughs> you
0: what are your feelings on Paul? I mean, like if you listed every, everybody in the new Testament, who are the ones that you think are like, man, that's, that person is someone I would like to be like in all the ways. Cause there are some ways I'd like to be like Paul, but is oh, there anybody that you like really love?
1: I was thinking like, who would you want to, this sounds bad, go get a drink with. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fair. Who, like when we get to heaven, who are you going to invite out to coffee first? Peter, if they are available? of course. Same, yeah, Peter, same. For
1: sure. Yeah, I mean, he he says some crazy stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, like, he's he's all in. He's, he, he's not yeah. fake. He doesn't have it all figured out, but he's all in. Like, I like that. I think. Um, he's all
0: in. I love that too. That's a great yeah. way to put it. That dude is just all in.
1: Yeah, I also like John because he refers to himself in the book that has his name on it as the disciple yeah. whom Jesus loved. Yeah, Anyone who's got that sort of, that. yeah, that's all like, that's that's my brand right there. I mean, uh-huh. it's it's like you have to be somewhat full of yourself in an in a, in a obnoxious way, which I sure. guess is my brand as well, that, that you put <laughs> that in the Bible. Like you're going, yeah, uh-huh. I want people to read yeah. this and refer to me as the disciple whom Jesus loved.
0: Those, yeah, the,
1: yeah. Okay, those are my top two. Give me your top two.
0: Okay, Peter for sure. Okay. Peter far and away. I I cannot wait to be friends with him. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait. Can't. I think we're gonna laugh. I think we're gonna connect. I think he's gonna be like Annie. I'm gonna be like Peter. You know, Annie's it's like laughing? when you see
1: that's weird, I Right? How strange.
0: <laughs> Do you know, you know when you see celebrities meeting each other for the first time mm-hmm. and and they don't know each other, but they know enough about each other? Yeah that that they automatically are friends. It's why celebrities end up dating a lot because they already know each other that they can just jump into a relationship, right? Hmm. Peter and I are not celebrity. Well, he is. I'm not. I'm just a nanny. But when you get to heaven, I think everybody's yeah. going to know everybody. And so I think we're just going to see each other and be like, Peter, he's going to be like, Annie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to come back to your celebrity in a second, but you need to give me your second person on the list.
0: Oh, my second person. I do like John too. I really like John. I think the, I mean, there's a lot of women I really like. Lydia's probably my next favorite. Mm. I just like how she, you know, I, I like that she already went to synagogue and already had this really busy, beautiful, full life. And then when Paul told her about Jesus, she made space for this new relationship. And I just have always respected that as a woman who has a busy full life that that. jesus is still more important yeah that's good that's good thanks Hmm.
1: give me the most obscure Hmm. character in the bible that you're excited to hang out with
0: oh that's a great question luke you're great at this
1: newsworthy with norsworthy there's more of those questions
0: (laughs) there's a whole podcast just like this annie um the most obscure do you already have an answer
1: I I mean, I was asking more to hear yours, but uh, if you want me to fill time, I'll I'll do that. Um, I think,
0: yeah, I'd love to hear yours, but I think I have a, I have a not totally obscure, but quasi obscure.
1: Okay, well, go for it. Let's hear yours.
0: I I like. I think. I I think Joseph is very interesting. Not the father of Jesus, but the one with the technicolor dream coat. Like that? I mean, he's he's kind of one of the patriarchs. I don't know if he's really. Yeah, he's not as obscure. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. I mean, he's easily
1: easily top twenty people in the Bible.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Power right ranking,
1: there, right, right. I would put him top twelve.
0: <gasps> Power ranking, if we were doing a draft, yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if he, he
1: if he does not make out the top ten in that draft, Joseph for sure. I
0: mean, yeah, I, you're I, right. I he is, might even be top ten. You know who def- for
1: sure top ten of the Old Testament. You know who wouldn't pick him to keep around his brothers. <laughs> We're out, Joseph. You take your coat of many colors, and uh, yeah.
0: we're, we're they're not in here. his power draft. They didn't. Ha- they don't have a good score going into the big night. But
1: you know who would pick him number one?
0: Potiphar's wife. God, oh. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh man, I hope our friends listening are enjoying these oh, this, deep this, these deep Bible hilarities as much as we are. Who's Bible? your obscure Bible person you'd be friends with you will be friends with in heaven?
1: Uh, I like that you caveat because there's always a question. Is Luke really getting in? Based on my previous jokes, there yeah. is some question. Uh I would go with um do you know the guy who fell asleep during the sermon in the book of Acts and he falls out of a window? And he falls out the window. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember his name? No. Eutychus.
0: Eutychus.
1: Yeah, but then again, if you fell out of a window and died, Eutychus too. But, oh. but but, I would love to see him be like, hey, you're the one person who fell asleep in a sermon and got what they deserved. I just would have liked to say oh, sure. that. sure. I mean, that's a little mean to say in heaven, but he would know I meant... I don't, I don't mean well, but, you know, it's funny, so I think you'd get it.
0: Do you—I How I, I see people fall asleep almost every time I teach. Not all <laughs> of them, but there's one almost every time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you agree with this? I, I mean, do you see them—I mean, you teach at your own church a lot, so it's probably a little bit different.
1: N- no, they definitely still sleep. What I don't understand is— I feel like there's some people who don't think I can see them. I know some people are just like, Hey, I don't care. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to check my phone. I'm gonna... But there are others who think that they're like clever. And I, I, I want to be like, Hey, oh, that they're like hiding." if you're, if you're trying to be clever, no, I see you. But if you're just like, Hey, I've got little kids, they're keeping me up. I worked the night shift. Like, you know, I, I've got a buddy who's a firefighter who'd work the night shift and then, or he would work all night, come to church the next day. I'm like, dude, If you get three minutes into the sermon, like that's that's a that's a win for you. Like I'm cool. Like sometimes you gotta sleep, whatever. But if you're trying to pretend like like I'm not gonna see it, come on now. I got problems.
0: Right. 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 (laughs) Right. And he fell out the window. You're right. Yeah. Uticus. Man, that uticus too. That's that is
1: strong dad joke energy right there. Here's the thing. Three kids, I'm deep in this dad, dad life. So I can't get out of it. Yes.
0: Okay, tell me about how the girls are today. Well, uh,
1: there. I'm at the office today. First time back. Oh, home. are you? Yeah. You're not at home? No, I've got uh, as it's been oh. said my hard pants on.
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: <laughs> I know you went back. You went back to the office a couple of days ago.
0: We call them real pants. Yes, I went back yesterday. I'm back home today okay. because of the stuff I had to work on. But yeah, I went back yesterday. It's really interesting to it is to go back to things, isn't it? You
1: know, I office from home for seven years as a church planner, and I got very accustomed to if if I'm if I'm warm, I have the ability to change my wardrobe to make me less hot. But sure. I get back to which my- Which is a
0: Texas problem for sure. Yeah.
1: And I live in Texas and my office in our church used to be like like 40 years ago, like the entrance. And so it's got like extra windows or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's always like hotter than every other room. And so I almost took my shirt off today while I was working just because I, I thought I was back home working, which you can yeah. do when you work from home.
0: Right. You you're allowed
1: to do that from home. You can't, can't, can't do, do that. that at church. Nope. No. If, if you don't know that, write that down. That is the piece of wisdom I want to share with you. <laughs>
0: Here's a pastor uh, tip for
1: you. <laughs> yep. He yep. cannot take on. your shirt
0: off at church. Yeah. Cannot do it. Wow. Oh, but, so you're not even with the girls today. That's I mean, sad. I saw them
1: and got them all set up and breakfast and all that stuff. And they're, they're at home doing good, living their dream.
0: How different do you feel about them at the end of the pandemic they Pandemic than you did at the start. The what power, dif- what feels yeah, the, different? The
1: power rankings on which is my favorite shot has changed. Uh, they, they, they it shifted. door? <laughs> no, no. I, it's uh. I used to work from home, like I just said. And in case people forgot from three minutes ago when I just said, that uh-huh, let me say it uh-huh. again. I used to work from home. And the thing about going to the office after having office from home for seven years, last five years worked at a church that had an office, and all that. Uh, one of the things I miss is just being around the house with the kids. And so to jump back into that was like this nice kind of blast from the past in which I really loved. I mean, you're not as productive or I'm not as productive working from home with three little kids, but I I just like going on bike rides with the kids for breaks, which is, I mean, I like the people I work with, but it's more fun to go on a bike ride with my kids than, you know, (laughs) goofing around in the office (laughs) when you need a a moment of break or or levity. But no, my kids are great.
0: They are great. We, um, they are three of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I am the fourth adopted daughter, even though I'm actually older than both you and your wife. It's debatable, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. it's all <laughs> That's relative. Debatable. Yeah. And it was so fun. A couple of weeks ago, we got to yeah. watch a movie together, even though y'all are in Texas. And I, I, I'm telling you, it was one of the most creative things that the girls had there ipad open i guess yeah there's they had an ipad open
1: your face was on it and uh we yeah were both... and i had
0: my computer open and y'all's face was on it and we just hit go at the same time
1: mm-hmm.
0: on trolls
1: to trolls, <laughs> trolls world tour <laughs> yeah. World Tour.
0: it was great it's a good movie you know let's 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 call
1: back to when i referenced your celebrity i was on a sure. podcast yesterday about uh you know i have a, a book that comes out and yes. uh
0: Befriending your monsters.
1: That's it. There it is. And one of the questions I received on that podcast is a question that I have received, um, dare I say, uh, a billion times. And the question was: So yeah. Annie F. Downs wrote the foreword. Uh, what's it like to be your friend in real life? And I get that question <laughs> all the time. And I was like, "This is sorry. This is about my book." <laughs> Uh, but sure. (laughs) Let's talk about Annie. And my, my answer was she's great. She's aunt Annie to my girls. And I I think I even mentioned the movie. Like, yeah, we just watched a movie. My girls love it. She's, she's great. And so I guess my question for you is I'm sure people ask you that all the time too. Like, Hey, what's it like to be friends with Luke? Yeah. 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 All the time. My
0: answer is he wears as many tank tops as you think he does.
1: (laughs) It is all
0: tank tops all the time. And all the time. And his, (laughs) Uh, a lot of the time and his daughters and his wife are the best. I mean, the coolest thing in the world is because you and I met first before I met your wife and your kids. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing in the world is when I meet a man and become friends with him. And then the, my next move is I'm going to be friends with the wife and kids or I don't stay friends with the dude. I mean, there's just no yeah. that just doesn't work for me. There's
1: an audition. And so there's an audition. Right.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> And so, so I, and your wife and kids are just the coolest. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. They're so sweet. Yeah.
1: So that's, I'm really grateful. That is, that's very true. And uh, they they love you. They are Thank huge you. fans of yours. They uh, incessantly remind me that uh, they like you more than me in everything I do. <laughs> so <laughs> podcast, Annie's, preaching, Annie's, books, <laughs> Annie's. The other day, Audrey was like, uh, this. Hey, Daddy, how many books do you have? I go. Well, I've I've written two. And she goes,
0: hasn't Annie written like twelve? And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's really nice. Um, yeah. Tell me what it's like to be a dad to three daughters. Did you? Are you sad you don't have a son? Have you like, you know, or are you like built for this? I I can tell you the answer. But I'm
1: built for this. I don't know. Yeah, because
0: I just think I've said this to, before to you, but I just think there's really something so special about men who are who God trusts with a house full of women.
1: Well, I I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of pressure right there.
0: (laughs) You didn't do anything to make it happen. The Lord just handed them
1: to you. Yeah. I heard this guy who was a Marine and then he became like a a UFC fighter say, and he had all all daughters. And he said, when you have so much testosterone, God has to balance things out by giving you a bunch of women in your house. And so that's kind Mm -hmm. of the direction I like to go with it. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like that holds up true with science.
0: Yeah, I believe you. When uh, here is um, real
1: talk. When we found out that our yeah? third was a a girl, a daughter, I mm-hmm. was relieved because I was like, I I know how this like really? girl thing works. Yeah, I, like, we had two daughters. I like the direction. This has been great. I want to keep going with this thing. I don't want to mess it up. And uh, I, I've it, it's it's the best thing. I absolutely love having little girls. Partly because little boys are statistically dumber than than little girls. <laughs> and I don't make up the statistics; I just report them. That's true. And also, like, there's a um, um, couple couple weeks ago, my mother uh, passed away, and yeah. when when that happened, my daughters just all just ran up and just hugged me, and yeah. they just hugged me and hugged me and hugged me so much over those, especially those first couple days, that I um, like. I. I couldn't imagine trying to get through something like that without the love that God shares with me through them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that if you don't mind for a second, because literally Friday night I watch a movie with your girls, and Saturday morning your mom dies really suddenly.
1: Yeah, yep. Then. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's
1: uh, sadly. I know you have some listeners who've experienced you know an unexpected passing of a of a parent, and um, it's you know you. It it never feels real. It doesn't like, it's still like I wake up and go, that doesn't seem, it it doesn't seem right. And you know, my mom, you've, you met her, obviously most of your listeners have never met my mother, but my mom's struggled with health issues for the entirety of my adult lifetime. And so it's not like I ever assumed, you know, my mom's going to live to be like 97, like my dad's mom, but it, uh, it, it still just seems surreal that, uh, she's not there. And obviously yeah. Mother's Day was just, uh, you know, two days ago. And it's um, it's something that like every every Mother's Day, I've always said like, you know, I know this is a hard day for some of you who want to be moms and haven't been blessed with that opportunity or, or those who have a tough yeah. relationship with your mom or those who've lost a mom. And I said that because... You know, 15 years ago, I saw a preacher named Mike Cope say it when he was preaching when I was in seminary, and I thought, oh, that seems like the right thing to say. And I've said it for years, and I finally got it this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you make those lists when you're teaching. I do it on stage, too, when you're teaching, because you recognize people in the audience are in those different categories. Yeah. But it is so different. it's you yeah what's it been maybe three weeks since your mom passed is that right yeah what's the thing you didn't know you'd feel that you're feeling
1: oh that's a good question yeah that's hard to answer probably because it's about feelings and as people (laughs) have probably figured out by now i'm an enneagram seven as well as you are
0: yes yes what am i
1: feeling there's a fatigue of Mm. like this is like this ongoing weight that i'm carrying Uh, A friend of mine named Beverly Ross says like grief, uh, she lost uh, uh, her daughter when her daughter was 31. And she says that, you know, grief is like carrying this brick around. And Mm -hmm. in some ways, like, I feel like, like I'm exhausted because maybe because, you know, grief is this thing that I'm carrying around. Uh, I have a sense that it's, it's not, it's not right because it, like, it's not complete. It doesn't feel complete to me. Uh, Because, you know, my mom had, she had a what my dad referred to as like their second honeymoon when you know my, my mom would sleep you know 16 hours a day and wouldn't be able to get out of her bed because she had uh, Lyme disease, which compounded some substantial nerve damage from uh, getting hit three times uh, in car accidents that none of them were her fault. And oh my so gosh. my mom's like, there was a season where she was improving and and that time that you met her is during that, what my dad referred to as like the second honeymoon where she was kind of coming back to life and she was able to like, you know, cognitively be there, emotionally be there, physically be there. And and it was like the one time she traveled the three hour trip from where she lives in West Texas and Abilene down to Austin. And it it feels incomplete because I felt like maybe that's what, you know, my daughters could finally get to know the mom that I knew, uh, decades ago and yeah. it like they never got to. And so it just yeah. feels like there's always going to be something that uh like is never right and never was made yeah. right.
0: Yeah. I mean I I've heard you say that before about other deaths that it is a it was not supposed to be this way kind of thing. Yeah. Not in like a I'm so shocked, it's so tragic, though that is true. The the bigger zoom out onto planet earth and look across the whole globe and go, it was not supposed to be this way. It was not supposed to be this way. I saw, I'm blanking on his name right now, which people are going to scream it at me. And you're going to remember it's the guy in, on the West coast. He lives in Seattle, but he does that church in LA. Judah Judah, Smith.
1: Yeah. Judah Smith. Yeah.
0: I saw Judah doing this whole thing about how like, yeah, this whole pandemic, all of this that's going on. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be like this. (laughs) Like, This isn't the earth God, this isn't the way the God created the earth. It's changed. And and in losses like your mom, I just think, yeah, it's not supposed to be like this.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are just moments that remind us of that. When you said uh, Lydia 15 minutes ago, there's a memory that that brought back to me of a girl named Lydia when I was a kid. And I was behind my house with a friend of mine named Lydia. And we tried to cross a road and she didn't make it. And she got hit by a car. And so she's, five and got hit by a car and like those are moments that she survived but she was never you know uh mentally or physically ever the same again and yeah. like there are moments like where you just know like this 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 isn't right. right the week after you and i met a friend of mine who was in his early 40s father of two has a heart attack and and passes away and yeah like there are all these signs like the, one of the like
0: leaders in your church yeah right? yeah yeah he was a Yeah,
1: super charismatic, fun guy. He was, uh, you know, prominent guy in Austin. He was the ESPN morning guy for Austin, Texas. And yeah, I literally just saw his uh, his widow just a few minutes ago. She was helping feed uh, feed some hungry people up at our building. But like, these are all signs that that the earth is groaning, and like this feeling of incompleteness that I have is part of our predicament right now that there's this groaning and yearning for something to be made whole. And I I think what that feeling of incompleteness is, is an awareness that there is a time and there is a place where it will be made complete again. And that, that groaning that I feel because I want that relationship between uh, my daughters and their grandma to to be something that it it wasn't able to be is because in hope it will happen again. And there is a chance for it to be made right. And, you know, maybe that's what, you know, Tom Wright has been doing for many of us is imagining what this new heavens and new earth is going to look like, where there will be redemption, where this longing for justice will be coalesced and our hope will be realized.
0: Yeah. It is one of those I I've been thinking when the pandemic started, Priscilla Shire's mom passed away too, pretty yeah. right at the very beginning. And I was talking to her sister, Crystal, uh, Priscilla's sister, who's it's her mother who died as well. And I said to Crystal, I was like, what does your mom know that we don't know? You know, uh, yeah. like what's the view of what they can see happening on the planet that we cannot see. Yeah. And there's just so much that will be made right. And I think you're right. I think we wouldn't feel the sense of loss if this was the end. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the longing in us. If this was the end, we would have evolved to accept this. If this was the end, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. You Sure. I think that makes sense to me. There's a line in the uh, new Mr. Rogers movie with uh, Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Should I?
1: Yeah. I'm always like that movie bothers me because I I had a podcast lined up with the the actual journalist that the uh, storylines based upon Tom Hanks and the journalist. And um, the uh, schedule confirmation went into my junk mailbox and (sighs) uh, I just ignored it. Yeah. And I just missed it. So that was anyway. So if you do check your junk mail. Because you might get a message from Tom Hanks. That's what I'm saying. But in the movie, there's a scene where Tom Hanks uh, leans over to this gentleman who's at the end of his life. I won't spoil who it is, uh, but he leans yeah. over and then he walks out of the the house where this person was. And then the person's relative walks up to Mr. Rogers and says, what did you, what did you say to that person? And uh, he said, would you pray for me? Because anyone who's mm-hmm. that close to death is close to God. Wow. And there's something about that that you know when the temporary is about to pass away and the eternal is about to be realized in front of you. I I think there is some there is something unique about that that mm-hmm. I think we're craving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Do you ever does have your feelings on eternity changed since your mom passed away? Uh
1: yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was literally working on this uh, piece I was writing on death the week before my mom died. And <gasps> No. Yeah, dead serious. Why were you
0: working on that? Well,
1: it's something that I was working on. I, I would probably would have preached on it probably eight or ten weeks from now, and maybe it'll be in another book sometime. But I was literally yeah. t- uh, on the phone that week with a friend of mine named Kevin, whose uh, son uh, in his early 20s passed away. Uh, I was working through this story about a, a friend of mine who's uh, – you know, life ended in suicide last summer. And so I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on this. And I, so like the previous two weeks, it was all about this. And there was even one idea that, uh, you know, Suzanne Stabile, she's been on your
0: yeah, podcast, of course. right? Yeah, she's been on the show. People love her. It, she's helped us kick off the of summer 2019 That's last That's right.
1: That was a big deal. That was a big time. Yeah. Uh, so her husband, Joe, great guy. And we had lunch, uh, Sus- Susan, Joe, like two, dear friends of Lindsay and i's and we had dinner with them a while ago and i think it was right after uh my friend greg's life ended in suicide and so you know joe was talking about um death and somebody brought up the idea of like closure and seeing the body and i was like you know i typically don't like to see that uh just my personal preference and then he made the point about it sometimes it's really cathartic for people because it gives them a sense of closure and so i i was literally like wrestling with this idea of like closure. They were always wanting closure. And yeah. that came to my mind literally as I was driving uh, up to Avalon right after I found out that my mom had passed away because it it was my imminent future is to, you know, wrestle with that situation. And right. what came to my mind, it was almost like the idea finally clicked that I was trying to write for two weeks and I didn't have it. And in that moment, I didn't I would rather have not had a way to pull that chapter together uh right but in that moment it was like yeah we're we're grasping for closure but we're never going to get it like we get yeah. some measure of closure we can have like some sense of okay I can let go and you know I think a good funeral service hopefully is a way of saying okay there is some sense of closure but we use the word sense because it's not really closure like it's not really done it's like, right. it feels a little bit more done, but it's not really done. That's why, like after Kobe Bryant passed away, I was texting with some buddies who were Lakers fans from California and they're going, this feels surreal. Like it, it doesn't feel real, real. It feels surreal as though what is normal to us is immortality. But I, I think part mm-hmm. of it is because we know there is something that is eternal that has been hardwired into us and yeah. it's it's distant. It feels far away, but it's there.
0: Yes. Yes, you're right. It it I don't think about eternity very well or very often. Does NT Wright have a book about it? Is that what you meant by he's Oh yeah, yeah yeah, us? yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Surprised by Hope. It is top 5 NT Wright books. I like the list in case you haven't figured that out. Um
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a top 5 of his. Yeah, Surprised
1: by Hope. I'm looking around to see if it's right behind me. But it uh, yeah, sure. yeah, Surprised by Hope. That is uh how about this? Whenever we can find Tom Wright in the states we'll do the podcast oh you and him can have your already. like you and him can have your your uh you know friendship begin and mm-hmm. uh we'll bring up that book and let you guys talk about it okay which one the paul one or no surprise by hope that's surprise by I mean, hope i'm going to order it today yeah i mean it'll take it's a big one
0: it's a big book is it is it him reading the audiobook i, I would listen to that <laughs> that's what i'm going to go look for i'm going to see if he's reading the audiobook you, did you read the audiobook for befriending your monsters no no, no you didn't you just decided up <laughs> to yeah yeah because fine. my
1: publisher's like you know your ideas are good but your voice is terrible get out of here no. that's not true i did i yeah th- i'm not happy but whatever it's i'm i'm you grateful have to have to an audiobook okay i am but it was just like it happened and then i didn't like email or reach out to whatever i don't know what i should have done yeah. but
0: yeah it's fine. no it's fine there's a guy named axel um,
1: is reading it, which I believe... You're joking. Yeah, I believe That's he was awesome. formerly in a band known as Ye- Guns N' Roses. Oh,
0: I wish it was Axl Rose. be <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Hey, friends. Just interrupting this conversation with Luke to tell you about our friends over at the Sozo Playlist. I want to take a quick second to let you know that we have partnered with Sozo Playlist to put together a list of songs for our That Sounds Fun listeners. These are songs that I found encouraging during the quarantine season and hope you will too sozo playlists create the best faith-based playlists that you can find on any streaming platform they focus on bringing you playlists for any moment featuring the top christian artists and worship songs of today whether you're going for a walk or taking a drive or hanging out with friends you know social distance or (laughs) spending time in prayer and bible study sozo playlists have a variety of lists to fit your daily activity so be sure to check out the playlist that I have put together for you guys and all the others that they have expertly curated. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Music, Pandora, or really any streaming platform of your choice. Just type in Sozo Playlist Living Christian to find it. That's S-O-Z-O Playlists Living Christian, or you can click the link in the description on this episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Will you talk a little bit about Befriending Your Monsters? Because I think that title is very interesting. That is not something we tell Christians to do very much.
1: We are now, though. Yeah, come, you are. Come come May 19th, we're telling them to. Yeah, that's so right. So get ready. Uh, here's the thing. Like, monsters are kind of, it is kind of a ridiculous title because we all know monsters don't really exist. There's not really, like, a Godzilla somewhere. There's not really Dracula. There's not really a vampire. Like, none of those things are are real monsters, but they they do put fur flesh and skin upon the very real fears that each and every one of us have the oh, that's word, what, I mean
0: you're right that's what they've done right yeah oh, yeah they interesting.
1: And, and like obviously um sharks is we talked about sharks for 20 minutes we in the previous got podcast to talk about sharks and i thought your people are going to hate it because Few people love sharks as much as me, but I'm going to bring them up right now. Oh, we uh, have to talk about them. Wait,
0: I won't forget. We'll save well, it. You've got you've to finish I'm gonna this. I'm
1: going to do the monsters. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the thing about my love for sharks later. Oh, we're uh, doing we do it that. though. I won't all forget. Day, all day. But like the idea of Jaws, like that is a fictitious depiction, not of an actual shark, but of our fear of being out of control in the ocean.
0: Like when
1: you're in the ocean, you can't see what's underneath you. All of a sudden you feel weak and small and you feel like something is bigger than you, right? Like, so these are all things that put fur, flesh and skin upon the very real fears that we have. And the actual Latin word from which we get the word monster is literally the word warning. And so what I would say is that monsters have always been a warning that have invited us to either do one or two things. One, either you hide from them, like you did when yeah. you were a kid and you heard that sound in your closet right. and it's 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 pitch black in your room. You hear a sound and you think, oh, that's, that, that's a monster in my closet. And so you have two options. The one option is like you hide underneath your sheets yeah. and pretend like it's not there. Or the second option is you get up, you grab a lightsaber, you grab a pillow, stuff it underneath your shirt like for protection, and you get a flashlight and you go into the closet and you face your monster. You've mm-hmm. wanted two options. And I think monsters have always been warnings that invited us to go where we don't want to go so that we can become all that God intended for us to be. Wow. And I think I saw that last line from you because you've got a line like that, don't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that you did not steal that from me. I, yes, there's a brave version of that, but that is yeah. your that's your line, and that's a very good line.
1: Well, I know you didn't talk about monsters, but the idea that often the place where I want to give up is just on the other side of who I want to be. Yeah, that's so, right. That's exactly right. That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. It's quoted in the book Thank as you. my friend Annie F says. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I
0: just can't understand why an Enneagram Seven would choose to write a book about monsters and pain.
1: Well, that's a good question. It's a dumb idea, but <laughs> I think it was Hemingway who said uh, that all good writing comes from the human heart in conflict with itself. Oh, wow. And I think the gift that we have to give to the world almost always comes at the place where it's most uncomfortable for us. And the gift oh, wow. can be a book, it can be a song, it can be a, you know that type of art, but it can also be your teaching. It can be you as a parent. It can be the kind of friend you are to someone. I, I think all those things are gifts that we give to the world. And usually the gifts that we we can give that make the most difference, that are most meaningful and true are always going to cost us more than we want to give.
0: Yeah, and I so hate I, that. You're yeah. right. I just hate it.
1: But you, you do that with your writing. I mean, there's a reason why on your last audiobook, which Axl Rose didn't read, you read. <laughs> I wish. And you cried, what, Three yeah. times? Yeah. On the audiobook. Yeah. Because I- even though you had healing and you had like, I- it wasn't like a fresh wound, but it was still something that had wounded you yeah, at one time and it right. was near and dear to your heart. And that's why people connect to you. And I think that's why people are always like, oh, uh, Luke, what is Annie like? What is she, what does what her house smell like? Right. <laughs> her car, is it, is it clean? Is it, did, is, are the handles sticky? Is there confetti everywhere? <laughs> like they're always asking these questions because they, they feel so connected to you because you, you've done the same thing that you've let your pain be an opportunity to bring healing to others.
0: And I think yeah. that's what, that's what the gifts we give the world are. So that's why you had to do Befriending Your Monsters versus something that would be a lot easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, like uh how to drink plenty of water every day.
0: Uh right. That's, like I, I'm like how to fold a fitted sheet. I know how to do that. That's impressive. That's thank you. This all seems very challenging, this thing that that befriending. But I've read obviously I wrote the forward, I've read Befriending Your Monsters. It is a it is a um hard book to write it's an important book but man I can't I I mean I told you that I was like man this is hard the way you're digging into your own story and and exposing my story (laughs) just by doing that
1: yeah and that's uh my wife calling right now to say do you uh, want to say uh, hi to her I just I didn't answer should I answer it
0: sounded like the ice cream truck
1: (laughs) you know why because no, nope, not going to do that one. Nope. It no. would have been bad okay. because it, her I sweetness is was... my weakness. Her sweetness is my weakness. Oh, that's that'll the, do. That's <laughs> the cleaner that version. Do. But, but monsters. Yeah. It obviously there's a lot of auto, autobiographical stuff in there and oh. there are three monsters that I talk about that the monster of comparison, the monster of more and the monster of success. And I, I write about those because those are monsters that I've struggle and continue to struggle with the idea that i find my identity based on how i compare to someone else or how i'm doing determines who i am or you know what i have what i can experience what's in front of me what's waiting uh, you know on my calendar for me that all those things are what get me through and i think underneath those are these sort of struggles and lies that people are all tempted to believe
0: yeah And I mean, all three of those, I can't imagine a person who doesn't feel all the, all three of those in some way. I mean, just very publicly, there was two women who have um, cookbooks that just had a, a real go at each other on Twitter. Well, one of them did in the direction of the other. And the one who ended up, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who ended up apologizing, she said in her apology, my insecurities came out. And I actually just feel insecure about how successful you are. And I thought, my gosh, hey, that's so honest. But B, which who of us doesn't struggle with those feelings of comparison? And you know, yeah. I mean, I just thought, man, that is that is such an honest and brave confession to make on Twitter in front of everyone. That yeah. part of the reason you lashed out at another woman in your field was you're jealous.
1: Yeah. First of all, I, I have a lot of questions about the cookbook world. Yeah. And it sounds far more cutthroat than I realized it was, which is pretty awesome. Every world uh, is far more
0: cutthroat than we realize when we're not in it. I yeah, think. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But here, the thing about comparison is it's so it's so hard and awkward and unwieldy to really determine the answer to some of the most basic questions like, How am I doing in life? Mm. Do I measure up? See, that's a cooking re- metaphor right yeah,
0: there. Yeah, You know,
1: because like, how how do you answer this question? So the easiest thing to do is to look around at someone who's in your industry, in your profession, who's in your neighborhood, who has kids the same age as your kids, who wants to be the same thing you want to be when you grow up and go, okay, I can't answer the big question of how I'm doing, but I can see how I'm doing in comparison to them. And so that's why comparison is so easy because I don't, when I was starting off preaching, I how do I determine how well I'm doing as a preacher when I'm, you know, 21 years old? I don't, I don't know what, like, what are the measuring sticks to look at? But what I did have is there was a guy who spoke at this interdenominational Bible study that I eventually took over and uh, not like, like, not like a, a like a gun <laughs> in my hand, like, give it to me. It's my, right. but like, he also, left I like how you preacher. loosely
0: say this guy. You're not going to say who it is.
1: Well, no, because people know I don't compare very well to him. Because he's better than me. Okay, yeah. His name was Matt Chandler. It he's rhymes with than Matt me. Chandler.
0: Yeah, his name rhymes with yeah, Matt Chandler. Yeah,
1: but yeah. Okay, so he's taller than me. He's more <laughs> successful than me. He's a better speaker than me. But you know what? He's got those weird ears. And so <laughs> you know, everyone's got their thing. Fine. So what? Move on that. I can bench press more than you, but probably not. His arms are so long. No, but when I was starting off, like I was following Matt, and I had no idea who that matt would turn into matt chandler and yeah. so i thought okay this is what he did and this is what i'll do and then everything's gonna fall like i'm gonna just follow that same trajectory and that's not what happened at all and none of this had to do with matt like i'm I'm joking uh he's someone of high character that I a great deal of respect for and if it wasn't him it would have been someone else like it yeah. would have been just whoever else was nearby that was close to doing what i want to do right and whether it's your cookbook competition or the preacher is before you we're all trying to make sense of who we are and people are the easiest way to do that.
0: Yeah, it is. Just, it, it's so tempting. I mean, I I wanted to jump in the conversation. I didn't because I don't need to be her. But I want to jump in the conversation and just say to both these women, like everything you're doing is so tempting for all of us. Thank you. Like It is so tempting to publicly tear someone else down because you are insecure and want to feel better. And it is yeah. so tempting to fight back on... Twitter or on Instagram or Facebook or whatever because you want to defend yourself. And it's so... Tit- I mean, every piece of it could have been me. There's no reason it wasn't me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be easy to make fun of someone's ears just because you think they're a better preacher than you. That'd be <laughs>
0: so easy to do. But here, here's
1: what I think about befriending the monster of comparison is the pull of comparison is I need to beat that person. But if, yeah. if you go underneath the surface, it's really not about the person. Like in the same way the story about Jonah... You think the story about Jonah, the the Israelite, the, the Jewish prophet, who runs away from Nineveh, gets swallowed by a whale. You'd think that the story is about the monster of the whale or the fish that swallows him. But it's not about that. It's about the hatred that has swallowed his heart. And so mm. you got to go deeper to find what the real thing is about. With comparison, it'd be easy to like who who who's the better chef, who's the better pre, who's the better parent, whatever. Yeah. But if you go underneath the surface, what you find yourself doing is you're you're trying to imitate someone else's voice. And you're trying to mimic them. And in doing so, you forget what your own voice is.
0: Right. When I was a kid,
1: I really wanted a parrot. Uh, That feels very true. Yeah. But instead, my parents got me a parakeet, (laughs) which is like the cheaper version, I guess. But anyway, (laughs) the thing about those animals is that when they're in the wild they don't like talk with human voices. Like they don't say like, Polly wants a cracker. They don't say that, but instead they have their own dialect that they communicate with. But when they are in captivity, they take on the the language of the people that have surrounded them. So what happens is they learn how to say, Polly wants a cracker and Luke, I am your father, but they forget their own voice. And that's what comparison does. Like you end up trying to be, like a shady version, like a, a B-level version of someone else instead of being the best version of who God created you to be. Yeah. So I think that if you befriend that monster of comparison, you realize anytime you're drawn to look at someone else and say, how do I measure up? It's really an invitation that God uses to say, wait a minute, this is a reminder that you're looking at the wrong thing.
0: Man, Luke, you're right. You're right, and I mean it's a book. Yeah, there's so there. much permission. That's what I one of the things I really loved about befriending your monsters, is you really gave us so so much permission to like, yeah, I bet you do struggle with this because look, I named it and wrote a whole section about it, and and I just always think there's so much healing and redemption that comes when we just get permission.
1: Yeah. So thank you for your permission. Oh, you're welcome. You have permission. One of the things that's crazy is if you go across different cultures and continents, you find very similar monsters in like these different uh, cultural lores. Like there's in Europe, there is the Kraken, which is like this water monster. You go over to North America and in the Native American traditions, there's different like sea monsters or river monsters that all look exactly the same. Mm. And either you have one sort of like Michael Phelpsian swimming creature that can traverse, you know, intercontinental waters and like haunt all these people. Or maybe it's just a universal fear that everyone has. Mm. Maybe. And yeah. I think with some of these monsters, they are unique to us because they have the fur, flesh and skin that's based upon our reality and our parents and and the, our family of origin and our background and our mistakes. Yes, but in some way they're they're kind of universal. Like these are things that everyone has been tempted to do. Henry Nowen refers to the following three things as the three lies that everyone's tempted to believe. And these are the three things that I kind of build my monsters on. First yeah. is uh, I am what I do which is the monster of success. I am what I have, which is the monster of more. And I am what others say about me, which I use as a monster of comparison. Uh, so I think th- these are all kind of like universal things because as scripture tells us, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. Right,
0: right. So what's, I mean, what's, what happens on the other side of someone reading this? W-
1: well, um, hopefully. Will they no again, longer
0: compare with the other people? Yeah, we'll solve every problem they have. That's what I thought. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so no no no, that's not what we're trying to do. When um when there's this uh like small emergency center that was coming up in our neighborhood, before it was finished, like they had the yellow paint on the ground for like the the parking and they had like the lights around the building, the building looked complete, there was like shrubbery and stuff around it. Until the very end there is this sign that hung over which were the letters that spelled out emergency room. Mm. It was almost like they were trying to say, "Hey, don't think you're going to find the answers that you want here." until we're exactly ready for you. They don't want to have false advertising, right? Because right. they, they can't solve what you're coming to with that problem. And if you come to the book, Befriending Your Monsters, thinking you're going to get rid of your book or get rid of your monsters, you're going to be looking at the wrong book. Yeah. Because the book is not entitled Eradicating Your Monsters because they don't go away. Right. But what you can do is learn certain things that help you befriend them and to manage them. And just like the Apostle Paul wanted his thorn in his side, which some people thought it's, you know, you know, struggles or eyesight or a podcaster that would come along 2000 years later, slandering his name, (laughs) whatever. I don't (laughs) slander his
0: name. I'm sure we'll be friends. There's just a misunderstanding, (laughs) (laughs) but I probably am the thorn in his flesh. That's probably true. But
1: God's grace is sufficient for Annie to be mm-hmm. there in Paul's side, just stabbing him. Mm. No, but I, I think the point is not that you get rid of these monsters, but you learn to befriend them and to trust that God's grace is enough to use those things to help God's spirit guide you into being who you're created to be.
0: I think I want you to tell me what you think his thorn in his flesh was. Do you know? What do you oh, have I a
1: guess? Know. Uh, I'm going to go with you. You're his thorn in his
0: flesh. <laughs> I, I just always wondered. I don't know. People are allowed to make guesses about things. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything from his sex life to his eyesight,
0: I've heard. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, A lot of options. Are you going to ask him? It feels real personal. But that's got to be the first thing people ask when they see him. Do you think people will ask him
1: more about the thorn in his side or what F and Annie F Down stands for?
0: <laughs> I, I, for sure, thorn in the flesh. But mm-hmm. close second. Can yeah, I? Can I, I
1: just? I, I, I'm going to break yeah. some news. Annie is actually the lead singer of Florence and the Machine.
0: Yeah. And the reason
1: Florence. she doesn't want everyone to know what F stands for is because she wants her anonymity as a famous uh, musician.
0: Speaking of anonymity, they live in the ocean, and so do sharks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about how you how much love. you love sharks. Yes. You don't you don't love sharks in like a. Um, you don't love shir- sharks in like a jokey way. You like no. revere them in a real yeah, way.
1: We're all in on these sharks. Like this is yeah. not ironic. This isn't like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be cool. No, like this is, I live and die sharks. It is, it is my existence. No, uh, it's not live and die. That was a little excessive. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I had a shark birthday cake when I was five. Uh, thanks, mom, for the shark birthday cake, yeah. and I have uh, loved him ever since. There's a shark book that my parents used to read uh, to me before I'd go to bed, and uh, it was always shark book, shark book, shark book. And yeah. uh, maybe that's why I turned out to be who I am. But here's the great thing about the internet: not only has the internet given me a podcast in which Tom Wright could become a friend of mine, yep. I also uh, yeah, became friends with some people out in a little place called Oahu. You know where that is? <laughs> That's a part of the Hawaiian Ha-ha-i. Islands. Yep. Yes, yes. And uh, so they uh, became friends at the show, became friends. And uh, they said, hey, come out to Hawaii and uh, preach in my church. And I thought, oh, you know, I would love to do that. Of course, this is what God called me to do for sure. If you are a minister or connected to church in any sort of tropical island, I am going to I tell am you available. right now. Yeah, I'm available and I am called by God for this <laughs> moment. So I agree to do this now. In the meantime, you need to know one thing that I have loved the work of uh, a couple named Juan and Ocean. Uh, Ocean Ramsey is uh, this free diver. She has, uh, I think, her longest free dive is like over. It might be five or seven minutes. It's some oh ridiculous amount of time. Yes, it's ridiculous. underwater. Yes, obviously. That's, sorry, obviously. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's one of those above water dives. It's one of those above water
0: dives. And those yeah. are even more difficult. Yeah. So she's this amazing
1: athlete. Juan is uh, born in Mexico, went to Hawaii when he was like one year old. And yeah. so he grew up on the North Shore and he's this amazing photographer, husband wife combination. And so I've followed their work for a, a long, long time. And so as I'm going to Hawaii to Oahu to preach at um, my friend, uh, the Katie's, or as yeah. they refer to in Hawaii, David Dem, sure. Um that is the actual dialect. Yep. So that's, anyway, um, well their daughter turns out to intern for Juan and Ocean's organization. And oh, so wow. they say, yeah, you come out and we can get you to do a pelagic dive, which means like a free dive, no, not in a cage, with sharks. And I was like... Were you scared of uh, Paul? No, because I befriended my monsters. I'd okay. read my book. Um <laughs> No. Okay. So I felt really cool. And so like, first time I'm I'm diving down and, uh, and then a shark starts to come right toward me. like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. And it gets close. I'm like, yeah, no, this is, I like in my head, I know they're not going to attack me, but I'm still a little bit scared. So yeah, a little bit, but
0: I mean, how close did they get to you when you were down there that time? The sharks, I mean,
1: um, I didn't have a measuring tape out, but I would assume... But I mean, could you have
0: touched them with... Like, could you here, have reached your one arm? You have two arms. I, could you have reached I, either of your I arms out and touched them?
1: I had two before the dive. Now I have one left. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't have reached out and touched them. Uh, it, like, I post... Here, okay. Annie, let me tell you something. I posted a video of me swimming with like 15 sharks. Yeah. And I, like, I don't have Annie F. Down's Instagram game, but in comparison to the post that went up right after which is a, a bunk bed that i put together for my daughters uh-huh. one had like 240 likes which is the bunk bed and yeah. the, the the shark one was like 30 which yeah talk people about pearls like to it. swine pearls to swine <laughs> my instagram people didn't like it <laughs>
0: i'm scrolling but back right now i'm looking right now back. for it
1: i want a i want a heart a big old heart next to it from to- this
0: sum- last summer
1: yeah, I mean, it's been a while ago, but it seems like just yesterday since it was so amazing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what you really need to sc- Google is Ocean Ramsey great white shark. There was a video of her just probably six months before I got there where there was this 20-foot mama great white shark, and she's free diving right next to it. It is some of the most beautiful photography and video work you will ever see of someone with a white shark. It's amazing.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're actually very close to all those sharks. I mean, not you cannot reach them with your hands, but you are in the same water as them for sure. Yeah.
1: Like we're, we're there. People are going to have for- to
0: scroll back a little bit, but it's June 6th, 2019 on your Instagram.
1: Yeah. What, what I actually they- already
0: liked it just to be clear. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I referenced that in a sermon once and I was expressing my frustration. Like there's like a thousand people there. One person went back and liked the picture after I complained about it. Yeah. One I person. just went
0: and commented. So. <laughs> I just, on a, on a year old post. So there's that. That's what's happening <laughs> yeah, in this quarantine. That, do,
1: that doesn't look creepy at all. Yeah,
0: it looks super <laughs> creepy. But when all of our friends go see it, they're going to start commenting too and it's going to get real weird on your Instagram. Oh, in the very last video, you you peace out real quick when one of them turns towards you. That's it. Yeah, it came real close. And I was like, you know,
1: in my head, I know it. it we're cool, but I was like, I still really like my You fingers. can't
0: know you're cool with a shark. You can't <laughs> know that. Like, Would you, you can't uh, be like, I know, I knew we were fine. You don't know you're fine. Here's, like, Annie. He if turns he... right to you and you <laughs> turn away quickly. Would you, would you do it? Not, I don't know that there is an amount of money that someone could offer me that I would say yes to Swimming with Sharks. Mm. Oh, Annie, that sounds fun though, to get in mm, there. No, mm-mm, it you doesn't. Can, you don't that... have to
1: like dive down. You can just stay in the top and just look at them. There'll be a bunch of people around, I think, Listen, I that's, need-
0: I, I've said this comparison from stage a lot of times. Me swimming with sharks is like a Chick-fil-A sandwich sitting in my kitchen thinking it's totally safe to just sit there. It's not. I'm going to eat it because it's in my habitat and it is my food. But this it- is the exact same with sharks when you swim with them. That's, you are a Chick-fil-A sandwich sitting Look- on their counter.
1: Okay, I'm going to fill some dead air while you Google Ocean Ramsey Great White Shark. Okay, okay. do that.
0: I'm a fast googler. Ocean okay.
1: Ramsey
0: Great yeah. White her, Shark. Her
1: name is Ocean Ramsey. Which, yeah, if awesome. your name is Ocean, you have to do this which for a living. It, have, uh, it sure. is also like if your name is Colt McCoy, you either have to be the quarterback of the Texas Longhorns or you have to become arrested for being an
0: outlaw. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. in between. I no still between. believe that he can do either. He's fifty percent there. Definitely. Oh, can you be an outlaw? No, he's 50% there of the two options.
1: Oh, I didn't do the full. You, you zoned out the previous time I said that he either could be quarterback of Texas Longhorns or the governor. This time I said Texas Longhorn quarterback
0: <laughs> or an outlaw. So I changed it up and you remember. It's still, from- <laughs> it's still true. Okay. I'm watching Ocean Ramsey. She is very, cl- I mean, she is. Yeah. She's like a, um, what are those things called that swim up next to sharks? those little uh, things they're on the TV divers huh oh like the little tiny
1: fish like yeah um she's
0: one of those yeah like they're, they're dolphins close. next yeah, to her in this big
1: great right watch okay so here's the craziest thing oh, gosh. her and Juan got married uh, obviously in some tropical location surrounded by sharks no yep. exaggeration true story yep. but sure. they do the reception when I'm in Oahu, and guess who gets invited to that party <laughs> this guy you mean right these? here <laughs>
0: Me. These shark me. lovers that you have been a fa- super fan, fan of. of, you got to be at yeah. their res- wedding reception.
1: <laughs> yeah, back in a oh, while on the North Shore, it was like, it was amazing. And I'm talking to oh. Juan, and I'm just like, complete fanboy. Let me ask you a question Would you be more intimidated to swim with sharks or to interview Tom Wright by yourself?
0: Uh, swim with sharks. For sure. Sorry. I know the answer Tom, should be be inter- Tom, I mean, but No, Tom. Right, also known as Nt Wright. At this point in my life, Nt Wright will w- I can handle. He's him never once been we get started. I'm just nervous. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. never eaten any person near him. Sharks, all of them have. They all have. <laughs> that's not that's not true at all. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I know you don't like when people. Not, will you that's tell not the true. story real quick about Jaws as well and how that hmm. movie shaped yeah. what we believe about sharks, even though it's really not true? And then we'll ask my favorite last question.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, so Peter Benchley is the person who who wrote the story of Jaws, which became the movie Franchise. Right. And it was loosely based on an issue. I think it was like 1920s-ish, 1918. Maybe that was the Spanish flu, I don't know. But those dates sound right, where there was a story about an incident that a bull shark, which has a propensity to swim in fresh water out of the salt water in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went upstream. And like this is historically true. Like bull sharks do that. And it went up, and there's a couple... Uh, attacks where where someone was attacked by a bull mm-hmm. shark. now bull sharks are the most dangerous sharks you never ever want to swim in the ocean with a bull shark their testosterone is the highest of all sharks so oh, wow. swim with a great white shark is one thing a tiger shark is one thing bull shark a completely different story but okay, I didn't uh, know. yes so there's a bull shark like Bit a couple people. And so Peter Benchley then fabricated that, took it from being a bull shark, obviously, to being a great white shark and uh, like a massive great white shark at that, like an unfathomable size of a great white shark. And it became the story of Jaws. And after Jaws came out, which obviously did untold uh, damage to the understanding of sharks, that all of a sudden, uh, like, Sport fishing for like big sharks became very popular and understand like, let's just kill all sharks, all because Peter Benchley's story was so compelling. And this like fictitious monster was so real because it put skin and teeth upon the very real fears that we have of being in the ocean.
0: Right. And so this one movie changed our whole perception of us species.
1: Yeah he That's he ends nice. up writing a book it's called the shark life i'm one of the few people who bought a copy of that book and which mm-hmm. he basically says hey guys let's not kill sharks they're an important part of the ecosystem which is him like hey i've made millions of dollars off fantasizing how evil sharks could be let me write one book that sells like four copies and say sharks really aren't that bad
0: ah oh, wow wow that is <laughs> that is fascinating to me
1: well just i'm glad them? we 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 didn't start with this. Cause I feel like, as I said before, I, I feel like people aren't as in love with sharks as I am. And mm. I don't think people would have made it through that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they did. <laughs> I think they would have, by the way. I think they totally would have. You just said, <laughs> uh-huh. I literally just heard you say, uh-huh. Because I was like, uh, I want to mm-hmm. tell the truth. Would we have started with that? And I, and I said, yes. Annie, I think you need to go to Hawaii. Have one of these
1: experiences, and then your whole world will change. I think all of your listeners would I was love supposed to get
0: to go this summer and speak at a conference. Womp. At the Bloom Conference, and it's everything. Everything's canceled. Yeah. Love isn't canceled. Friendship isn't canceled. I, I it's not.
1: But I was supposed to be in Malibu uh, three days ago. And, oh, uh, where are you? No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. What hey, is me? there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about today, Luke?
1: No. I mean, we did we, it?
0: I feel like we. we, we I I will stay strong. That. This was better than our first show by f- by so.
1: far. I think. I think this was life changing. <laughs> but I I want to say I feel like we have more because we're can we say we're about to record another podcast? Yeah, we are okay. on your over on your. So yours. there's a whole lot more to yeah. talk about.
0: Yeah. Hey, the last question we always ask because the show is called "That Sounds Fun." Tell me what you do for fun, Luke.
1: Swimming with sharks.
0: It's <laughs> not really your answer. That's what it, it okay. is.
1: Bike rides with my daughters, swimming with sharks. My wife wouldn't let me bring my daughters swimming with sharks yet, mm-hmm. but I feel like I i think swimming with sharks with my daughters would be amazing. I'm going to give up on... Lindsay doesn't even like going on boats, so we're okay. not going
0: like, to... Yeah, because I guess you do have to get on a boat and go way out there. Yeah, like two... It's like two miles or so. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, you're... Okay, if you can talk all your girls into doing it, including Lindsay, I'll come along. Yes. What if? What if Lindsay just... Let's him go
1: and she's no, on the island. Lindsay's
0: got to be on the boat with me. Okay, I'm she can't... only going to go out there. I'll get in the water. Lindsay do not have to get in the water. Me and you and your daughters can get in the water. I'll try that. But Lindsay, I mean, do you know I had a, a full-on panic attack that caused me to freeze up and not be able to swim because I saw a shadow under a piece of coral reef that I thought was a shark and my dad had to push me back to the boat and the captain had to drag me in <laughs> when I was 19 years old like I was a two-year-old you know what you need to do though Annie
1: you need to befriend your monsters
0: mm-hmm. well sure now we're gonna <laughs> do it that's right Ugh. well Luke well done thanks for being on the show buddy
1: this has been great thanks
0: Annie. appreciate you. friends it he just the best and man what a What a hard couple of months for him leading up to this and to his book launch of his second book. And so I just am thankful for y'all's kindness to him already and and the kind things you'll reach out and say to him and the loss of his mom and in such a hard season. So I'm really grateful for Luke and his family. They mean a ton to me. Make sure you grab a copy of Befriending Your Monsters. It's really good, y'all. It's really interesting. And also over on Luke's Podcast. I was interviewed this week as well. He is talking about each of the monsters in the book, and I got to talk about one of the monsters. I'm not a monster, but I got to talk about one of the monsters. And so you can pop over to his podcast, Newsworthy with Norsworthy, and you can see the different monster conversations they're having right now during Monster Month. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And again, if you get a chance to take that survey real quick, it would help us a ton. AnnieFDowns.com slash survey. We want to know who you are. So AnnieFDowns.com slash survey. And I think that's it for me today. Friends, go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend for my friends in the U.S. And we will see you back here on Monday with a really fun episode with author and professor Karen Swallow Pryor. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.